and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. The last episode of the month of September, if I understand calendars correctly. Heading into October, heading into spooky season. I'm sure we'll talk about that at some point. I'm Illegal86, one of your hosts, and I am joined as always by my good friends from afar, Tectic and Nerd Bomber. How's it going, guys? I'm doing pretty well, you know, winning the week in fantasy football in a few of my leagues and doing great. I'm doing good. Uh, as we as we sit here recording this, we're recording on a Monday night, which for us is a little unusual change of plans, but I'm about to pass Nerd Bomber in one of our leagues. I shouldn't say about to pass. It's, it's going to take some time, but I'm hoping to win some sweet, sweet cash cash money this week. This is the only week league, league I play in for money, P- playing for $3.60. Tactic also in that league, by the way. He's just in a distant fifth place. So exciting times. Well, I, I guess I'll provide live. I, I won't provide live updates because you guys probably don't care, but I'll be watching that avidly. We have other things to talk to you about today that aren't football related. A lot of stuff has happened in the past week. Of course, we got a lot of news from Amazon this week. We're going to talk about all of the new devices that they were showcasing their announcement about moving Prime Day into October. And this, of course, drone camera that that you have probably seen by now. We'll get into that. We're also going to talk a little bit about Farmville. Remember Farmville? I mean, it's been a while for me in Farmville. I mean, I've never played Farmville. Let me clarify that right off the top. Never played Farmville. My sister-in-law's mother, does that make her like my aunt-in-law or something? How does that work? I My sister-in-law's, is there a relation there? Is she like my, cousins are weird. I bet she's like my third cousin or something. <laughs> I honestly am trying to like bend the lines in my head and that I just can't come up with anything. Is it like your right. mother-in-law-in-law? Yeah, Proud wouldn't it just be tree. your mother-in-law? Your extended, your yeah, I think it would be your mother-in-law once removed. In-law, yeah, mother-in-law-in-law. I think you're right. No, no, no. I think it's your mother-in-law once removed. I think that's what it is. You can remove in-laws. Yeah, it's by. <laughs> I thought you it's, could just remove cousins. It's one layer of separation, and that's between you and your sister. Or we'll 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 move the the genealogy discussion to a maybe a secret segment sometime or something, but. Long story short, we're going to talk about Farmville, which my sister-in-law's mother plays regularly. She's got some bad news headed her way. And then we're going to talk about Nick Fury, and particularly, it sounds like Nick Fury is going to be headed to Disney Plus in the form of a streaming show to join WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but we'll get to that later. We should start with all of this Amazon news. I have a list of all the products that they... I, I, using the word debuted feels a little disingenuous to me because a lot of these are just rehashes of previous products, but... There were some surprises, though. Yeah, there, there, were, there were a couple big things. I think we should get the <laughs> the Ring video cam out of the way. So, so this... If you haven't watched the trailer, you should pause the podcast. Go look this up right now because the video is, I think, hilarious. Not that it's not cool because it's super cool, but basically there is now a Ring drone camera that i guess can patrol your house or if like if you if you have a ring alarm on one of your doors and the door opens and a burglar comes in that's what's depicted in this trailer i shouldn't call it a trailer it's just a video but the video for this product if a burglar comes in the ring drone launches from its launch pad and flies around the house i guess to the place that it detected a break in and i guess just looks at the burglar that's what that's what the video is. <laughs> it's just this drone, which is this tiny little thing that like a cat would love. Like it's like a cat toy, basically. This tiny little drone flying up to a burglar, not saying anything, not making any noise, just kind of being a drone. And in the video, the, the burglar's like, oh, oh, geez. And he runs around. He runs out. He turns around and runs out. But it's a really cool idea. I don't want to undercut the idea. The video is just really funny. But it's a really cool idea. There's probably many other uses for it besides 
burglars, right? That was kind of my first thought was if I'm laying in bed and I hear my cat knock over something, I don't want to get out of bed and see what it is. I can like pop the drone up and look on and control it on my phone and look and see what the cat broke, you know? That that for me that's the that's the draw. But I, I guess I'll turn it over to you guys. I mean, what's what are your gut thoughts on this on this product? Which by the way, I don't think currently has a price tag or even a release date. It's just something that they were showcasing. I think they did say it was gonna be like around the two hundred and fifty dollar range, if I remember. I could be totally wrong. But uh, I'm looking now. I hate to be the stick in the mud here. And like this totally came out of left field. I never would have guessed that this would be something that Amazon would be announcing. And the reason why you're right. Sorry. The reason why I wouldn't have guessed is because I don't understand this product. First of all, for that $250 price tag, you can currently buy a wise cam for 10 bucks. Put them in every room in your house and can probably it fly. What does it can need it to fly? fly? And it secondly, needs to fly. my other point on the flying specifically, if I'm a burglar, like, it's a lot harder for me to go around the house and knock out all of these different cams that are suspended or hung in the air or maybe nicely hidden. If a drone comes at me, I'm going to swat that MF it. down. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm not going to swear on the air, but I really wanted to. But I am going to hit it down. And that sucker, unless it's, like, very robust and has a nice, like, gyro system and is very, very well made, that sucker is going to hit the ground and then bye-bye drone and bye-bye 250 bucks. Like, who okay, asked for this? I, I, it's a very cool concept, I, but who asked for this? I think there's a world in which... Okay, so I, I think you're right for the most part. First, for, I will fact check you, though. Wise cameras do not cost $10. Uh, I thought I you, could get, one. you could get one for 10 bucks now or something close, um, like 20 bucks maybe. I don't I know. Think it's, I, I got mine for 25 I think that's that's the going rate. I mean, your point's still fairly made. You could, you know, for $250, how many wise... You could buy literally 10 wise cams. So, but, yeah, Tactic, I'll, I'll let you chime in here. I'm going to be a little bit more optimistic than you guys. So a lot, with a lot of these products, you buy into an ecosystem. And so let's say you already have the ring cameras set up and you only have it on your front door because you can't really afford more than just the camera doorbell set up and, and maybe one front one with a spotlight. And so it's kind of a daunting task to buy all of these cameras for every room and still be in that ecosystem. And so this product allows the flexibility to just buy one more device that can traverse about your entire home. And so from that perspective, I really, really like this concept. Okay, I, I have there's... another question though, really quickly. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Won't this like be the terror for every cat or dog in the neighborhood? Animals are going to hate this thing. They are. They're going to be like, how did a bird get in this house and I have to take this down? Every single cat, at least, if not dog, is going to think that when this thing undocks and starts zipping around the house. I think there'll, so, there'll certainly be a learning curve, but I think pets will just adapt to it and realize that this is just status quo. But have you seen a cat with a laser? I think I think cats are an issue. And I mentioned cats when I was first talking about it. I think, I think cats could be an issue. As far as dogs go, I would imagine if you have a dog that's at home... You probably don't feel like you need a sentry drone for your house. If the dog <laughs> is fair. the sentry drone. So I, I think the overlap there is, is minimal. But I, I for me, thinking, I, and I, Tactic, you said you were being optimistic, whereas me and Nerd Bomber were being pessimistic. I don't think I'm really pessimistic about it. I think I'm just, the only reason I would be optimistic is that I'm thinking about, okay, right now it's this silly thing that flies around. But if you, I, I, I think there are things that you could do to make it cooler and perhaps more worthwhile. I think if the drone just flies up to a burglar and just kind of like floats there and looks at them, 
I don't understand why it exists, right? Now, <laughs> welcome to another tinkering with tactic where we modify your drone to shoot tasers. Well, I think I mean, the I'm idea not, is that they would alert you on your phone because they show the guy gets his like a message on his phone and he starts watching the burglar like on a live feed. And but I'm you certain get the they're alert gonna, they're going to sell the you alarm is stripped. Well, right, but that's no different than any security system. Sure, I I, I don't I don't know what the value is in well, there's his face. Like I, when you go I, to the I popo think, and you're like, hey, look, this I got this guy red-handed. Yeah. Look at his face right there. Ugly and even look. then, that in itself, the fear of getting caught is a natural deterrent. So if he sees a camera in his face or she sees a camera in their face, they're gonna go, oh crud, I'm gonna get spotted, and then they're gonna give my photo to the police. I need to leave. Barney Fife and the Ho Hum Police Department are not gonna have face detection technology. No, but if they I, have I, if they have someone's file already present for that area, they'll be able to very quickly match the footage maybe. with. Oh, absolutely! And like I mean, the interesting thing, if you, we've seen this with the Ring doorbell system too, like there have been people who have gotten caught because people will post the video from their Ring doorbell, and they'll be like, "Hey, does anybody know this guy? He was creeping in the neighborhood." And then someone from a few streets over will be like, "Oh no, that's my neighbor Bobby." I wouldn't trust your neighbor. I tactic you made the joke about the taser. I am not suggesting that we put weapons on this thing. What I am suggesting, Taser's not far off. You load a can of pepper spray into this thing, then it becomes a lot more interesting. And like... Interesting, sure. That's well, one I, I word. Mean, right now, it's not... Even if it just... Even if, if it would say something sounding kind of cool, like you're on private property, the authorities have been notified, like something besides just going up and floating there and For staring me, at you with no eyes. Like one just, thing just, that so I would new. have really liked to see on this product reveal was whether or not it has night vision capabilities. Okay, good point. Another good point. Because you're most of the time you're not going to be zooming this thing around in broad daylight. It's going to be like you said. You're you're in bed. You hear something. You don't want to get out of bed. Activate drone. Right. The same reason we have smart thermostats and you know echoes to turn our lights off and like echo turn the you know whatever down however much that's that's what this stuff is for to me it's not it's not for deterring burglars like i guess the ring doorbell cam kind of is but like kind of an an underarching issue that i i guess is what my lack of understanding here is stemming from is like do people rob houses anymore like yes i ever i mean ever since i was a kid cars were getting robbed left and right see but cars are different because they're outside they're outside and like you can tell immediately when looking into it that no one's in there a house or like an apartment or a condo, anything like there that. There were a, a number of break-ins too when there was a scarce toilet paper supply issue. But especially right now when everyone is at home and like I've, I felt this way even since I was a kid and you know, hashtag blessed growing up where I grew up in the background I'm in and everything. But like every time I see a burglar on TV or like in on a movie or something, I'm always like people really break into houses not knowing if people are there. Like especially in, in by the way, and, and I don't want to take it into this territory, but like in a country where so many people own guns, I just cannot imagine breaking into someone's house. So like so to me, this is. Attacking like, an issue that I guess I don't feel like is an issue, but it, I feel it probably like it's is. an issue, but not the way that they're portraying it. It's probably not some random guy breaking into your house, not knowing whether anybody's home and just taking a shot without knowing what's inside. I would right. venture a guess that most burglars, burgles, what they're is like the acquaint- word? Acqu- they're what? like acquaintances is what you're, where you're going. Yeah, are probably like acquaintances who know you're on vacation or something. And they're like, wow, 
I know he got a pre-order for the PlayStation 5. I'm going to break into their house and right. I'm going to take the PlayStation 5. Right. I don't know the statistics, but I would be inclined to agree that like, I don't think, and I, I for what it's worth, I also think that if you're living in a place where burglaries are common and like a thing you need to look out for, you're probably going to like save money to leave that place. You're not going to spend $250 on a little helicopter that just goes up and floats next to a burglar while he's stealing all your stuff. Yeah, because I mean, you can get a whole house security system with door sensors, window sensors, and all of that kind of stuff for cheaper than a single drone. So yeah, I think this is going to be a very niche market. And the burglar can buy a $5 mask. That's true. Also I, fair. I mean, I, I, I want to say again, like, I don't want to, I don't want to come down hard on this because I think it's, I think it's cool. I think it's innovative. I think it's like, it's very futurist, right? It's like, it's one of those things where you see it and you're like, this is so cool. I feel like I'm in a sci-fi movie, but like, guess what? Sci-fi movies are movies and there's better ways to solve the problem that I think this product is trying to address. But there's a lot of other product. We should move, move on a little bit because there's a lot of other products that were showcased at this event going in order of i guess what might be most exciting to people and the people who listen to this podcast is amazon luna which is basically amazon's attempt at stadia i mean is that is that a fair statement it's cloud gaming yeah i would say um, so they they're they're debuting a six dollar a month service you can buy a fifty dollar controller that actually i found this interesting this connects to the cloud it doesn't connect to your to your tv or the device you're playing on it connects directly to the cloud i don't really understand how that even works but apparently it lowers the latency so it's cool i mean i don't understand how amazon has looked at stadia and been like that worked let's do that that's very confusing to me as a business proposition so for me personally i think this is kind of a smart move if you look at those services so like stadia flopped they don't really have a good install base in terms of hardware that would run the stadia system i mean chromecast was a thing but i mean how many people actually have a chromecast now i feel like roku and amazon kind of took over that entire market segment we we, we have uh, all three in this household i'll thank which you which one do you Grant. use most though well i use the ro I, I, well okay we don't use the roku at all i use the fire stick primarily Okay. My girlfriend Hayes uses the Chromecast more, but that's because it's in a certain room where she walks on a treadmill and she like watches videos on it from her phone. But like I would so say the Chromecast has kind of been marginalized in terms of the market share for a streaming a device. Seat. Yeah, I can get on board with that. Although I, they're actually planning on coming out with a new one, if I remember correctly. But that's for another podcast. But I mean, ultimately, I mean, you look at the price point and especially you look at Game Pass and Game Pass is becoming a very successful service with 15 million subscribers, I think they just said. And the entry point for that, if you're thinking console only, that's 10 bucks a month. If you're thinking Ultimate, which comes with the, the xCloud, that's 15 a month. And so now they're kind of undercutting that service. And if you don't care about actually having a console, if you have good internet connection and you don't want to own your games and you're fine with just paying $6 a month to play some of the latest games like Control and Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I mean, it's probably really good for casual gamers because a lot of people have, if you don't have a Fire Stick, you have a Kindle or some kind of Amazon device in your home. You know what I mean? So it's not... right. It's not super far-fetched that this could become very popular, and I would think that in terms of whether this will go the way of Stadia, whether it will kind of collapse onto itself, I think this one might have a little bit more sticking power. So cloud gaming just scares me. The idea of playing a game on a console that's not in your living room scares me. I don't. I guess I don't. And I think my internet connection is fine. I mean, we're currently recording this podcast over the internet. We're having no issues. But like, 
there's a huge difference between that and playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla from a server, you know, in Washington state or wherever Amazon is, is currently based. So like, and I've tried I just, like PlayStation now they had streaming. I think they were one of the first services to offer game streaming. And I did try that. Cause I think we had like a free trial. Everybody get a free trial if you want it. And so I tried it and I, we have like gigabit internet. We have pretty very good internet, great upload and download speeds. And there was still a noticeable latency and I just yeah. didn't enjoy it. But if that's all you knew, if you didn't know the responsiveness of modern games and you, the last time you played a game was like 10 years ago, or maybe you played Farmville, like it would be, right. it would be compelling for six bucks a month and with no commitment, like you're not buying into a $500 console ecosystem. So for me, here's the biggest thing that was kind of a game changer in my opinion. So what it appeared like is the two things that you need to buy into are the controller and the subscription service. Now, subscription services generally include family type plans. And so that said, this system could really give Switch users kind of a run for their money if they had enough multiplayer games available because you can have everyone on their own portable device within the home because you saw the attachment that had the cell phone and the controller. So you have this portable device that everyone in your family can be playing, whether it be together or on one screen. I think that's kind of a, a game changer as far as the streaming market goes. I think the price point is the most important thing. And I think I think the points you've made there are are fairly made. I just, there's going to be skepticism for me. You know, when you see how much processing power and how how much in in the way of resources Xbox and Sony are throwing at their consoles, I have a hard time believing I could get on a Fire TV and and have as, as good a time. I mean, I also would say, and this is asking for the impossible, but like, I don't own a Fire TV. I own a Fire TV stick. And I think probably a lot of people are in that same boat and this is a, this is useless for that for that crowd i th- um, i might be wrong and I, I should probably look this up before i make this statement but i'm gonna i'm gonna go for it i thought it could be used it. on the fire stick too the article i have in front of me says pcs fire tvs and ios i think i suppose it could be let me i'll tell you what let me click through to amazon itself get the straight dope on this because if you could play the the newest games because one of the other things that they announced too is that there would be an ubisoft channel that would have the newest games day and date that you could pay into and get immediate access to all of those titles and so if you're if you have a fire stick for like 29 bucks and i don't even think you need to use their controller you can use any controller their controller just connects right to the cloud to reduce latency but you can use any controller and you can play big $60 titles or $70 titles now that we're moving into next gen for what amounts to like six bucks. Like, man, that I mean, that's something that you would have to seriously consider if, if you're thinking like $6 versus a $500 console. Me personally, I'm not sold on any of it. I still like having things downloaded on a static machine. And I, I'm, I'm, I just am not sold on cloud gaming yet. But that's what I said about music too. And now I barely look at my MP3 collection and I solely use Spotify for literally every music song that I listen to. I don't know okay, what other right. song there would be, but... You're right. It will work on the Fire TV stick, second gen and newer. So like that's, that's a very surprising. low barrier to entry. Yeah, for sure. They have this, they, so they they have, I'm, I'm on their actual webpage now, so I have a little bit more in the way of details. They have what's called Luna Plus, which their early access pricing is now $6 a month, as we said. Unlimited hours of play, growing library of games, up to 1080p with 4K coming soon, 60 FPS. Stream on two devices at a time, play on 
PC, Mac, Fire TV, and web apps for iPhone and iPad. Then they have, I guess, yeah, you already mentioned the Ubisoft stuff specifically. That says coming soon. So I feel like if they're touting the Ubisoft stuff as being their big thing and it's not here yet, I don't know what games they're going to have when this thing quote unquote launches. Uh, that's, I guess that's information I would, I I would need to go find. In their commercial, they showed a father and daughter, I'm assuming, playing Sonic and I mean, that's an old school game, so that's not like super impressive, though I do love Sonic. But they also like Control was one of their big flagship yeah. titles that they had. I mean, looking at their, they have this collage here, Everspace, which I'm actually currently playing, is right here. Resident Evil Biohazard. Watch Dogs Legion is on this grid. I don't really understand that because that game's not even out yet. Metro Exodus, Overcooked 2, Rhyme, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So there's... There's some, you know, AAA stuff here, but I just, I'm so skeptical. And that's, it's going to be hard for them to talk me out of that skepticism, I guess, at least, at least for the time being. But it's a really cool idea. Aside from Luna, though, we, we should move on because we've already poured a lot of time into talking about that, that drone thing. But the rest of it is mostly just updates to the Amazon products we already know and love. The Amazon Fire the TV Stick, the uh, Echo Dot, the Echo itself. You know, they added an Echo Dot with a clock. I guess that was kind of their big thing, which... Well, they Big had whoop, the Echo Dot opinion. with a clock, but now everything is a sphere. It's round. Yeah, yeah. it's like a speaker. Which, from um, from an audiophile perspective, that will give you much better sound quality than the cylinder. So that that's kind of exciting if you really were not getting the sound quality that you want out of your Echo Dot. Especially, like, I think the Echo, the regular Echo, because we have the regular Echo, we have the show, and we have the Dot sprinkle throughout our house but the regular echo has actually surprisingly good sound quality considering it's just a cylinder tower cylinder. but i think the sphere will probably give a more robust sound yeah i mean definitely agreed there were some ring auto products as well for, for your car um, which we, we don't have a whole lot of time to get into updates to their Eero products which are for for mesh wi-fi a lot of stuff we don't have time to get into, but feel free to go and check out all of the Amazon news at your leisure and hit us up on the social media about it. We're here to chat at OW86, at OW Tactic, at OW Nerd Bomber, and our main show account at Online Warriors One. We are all there just waiting for people to type in and tell us we're wrong about stuff mostly. But whatever you whatever you care to do, we're we're waiting. So you mentioned Farmville before, so we should talk about that because Farmville is in the news. How about that? That's an interesting sentence. Farmville is shutting down. For all the Farmville stands out there, I, I apologize to be the bearer of bad news. December 31st, it is going away and not coming back, according to the developer Zynga, which I think is also the company responsible for Words with Friends. But I knew that name was familiar to me for some reason. Zynga has done a lot of different games. I think, didn't they also do, talking about Facebook games, there was some like mafia clan game that a lot of people played too, and I think they did that as well. Very old school. Uh, I don't remember what it's called, but that's, that one's gone, I think. Farmville was still kicking. It's still kicking right now. You can go play it right now. I have never played Farmville. Farmville, to me, is the exact kind of game that I don't understand what the appeal even is. <laughs> I guess you're building a farm. I mean, it's on paper, I will say, sounds kind of similar to Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing, you have an island and you're doing stuff. And Farmville, you have a farm and you're picking corn. Like, I, I don't... There's overlap for sure, in my opinion. I've never understood the Animal Crossing thing either, but <gasps> I know I'm in the vast minority there. So uh, I said the same thing, and then we bought Animal Crossing because I'd never played it before, and I was like, I don't think I'm going to like this, and then I got sucked in. We're going to get you Animal Crossing, and you're going to fall in love with it. Now that you have a Switch, man, it's like a rite of passage. you got to try it. This whole podcast, you guys are down on stuff, and I'm like, you guys should try it. It's really good, and then you try it. So yeah, just 
putting that in there. Are you a Farmville you fan tactic? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, Farmville, Farmville, I would never get the chance. It was super annoying. All the notifications, notifications. from my friends did not care. I would get notifications again, going back to my, my sister-in-law's mother-in-law. My sister-in-law's mother, my mother and mother-in-law, or whatever you want to call it. I would get notifications from her playing Farmville, and it wasn't even like... Like, I don't think it was the kind of thing where it's like, she needs corn, come help her out. It was just like, she she planted a bush today. And I'm like, why is this a notification that I'm getting on Facebook? Like, it's the last thing I want to hear about. This is like back at the time of poking, when poking was... Poking it's was obviously great. It's outlived poking. Can you still poke someone on Facebook? I think they get rid of poking. Let's do an experiment. See, I wouldn't even know how to poke someone right now on Facebook if I wanted to. They're changing their interface every five seconds. So... Yeah, I'm not seeing it. There's a hey, there's a COVID nineteen information center, but there's no poking. So darn it. Props to Facebook for sticking with the times, I guess. But yeah, never played Farmville, but Farmville is dying. Pour one out for uh, an American icon. It was crazy to me, and I, I guess I realized that a lot of people played it because, as you guys said, like I always got notifications. Like I would always. So this was like back at the time when people had flip phones and stuff. So I couldn't log on to Facebook on my phone. So when I went on Facebook, it was like, this is probably dating us and aging us so badly. But it was like, you have to sit down at your computer after school and pop open Facebook and look at your notifications. And so you'd log in and it would be like 20 notifications. You'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm so popular. And then like 19 of them would be Farmville. And then one would be from like your Aunt Mary. And it'd be like, oh, well, this is I love Aunt Mary. But so, 83 million people played Farmville at the peak of its existence, which is crazy to me. That's a lot of people. That's more than yes. like most mainstream video games, I feel like. Launched in 2009, and 2010 was when it hit that peak popularity. Uh, it's going away in, in large part, it seems like, because Facebook is getting rid of Flash support on that same day, December 31st of this year. So many so, things are getting lost once Flash goes down, man. 2020 strikes again, I guess. Honestly, uh, the biggest loss, in my opinion, of these social media web pages are the ability to HTML code your page. I thought that was fantastic. That was a MySpace thing, right? Yes. Yeah, you couldn't do that on Facebook. Facebook was very professional. I became a coder overnight somehow. (laughs) My, My social media presence began on Facebook. I never had a MySpace. I was you never get to pick a top eight. I wasn't cool enough. Was uh, it, is that top eight? Because we used to, is, that, is that top eight friends or like? Oh yeah, top eight friends. So this was like a very cutthroat thing where you had to pick your top favorite friends. I guess that Facebook had that too. Did uh, it? In the I early don't going. That. Yeah, because I I remember for similar reasons. I remember it was like it was painstaking, and you didn't want to offend people. But then you also like if you got into an argument with your best friend, all of a sudden you'd take them out of your top eight, and then a week yeah. later they'd be back in your top eight because it's like middle school and arguments don't last and are never about anything important. That was what we did back then. In any case, we digress. But yeah, Farmville is going away for all the Farmvillers out there. Sorry to to bring to bring you down. I guess. We're going to head into the break now before we talk about Nick Fury. But in the meantime, I do want to shout out our fantastic Patreon producer, Mr. Ben Checkness. I would be remiss if I did not shout out Ben Checkness. Uh, Ben's been supporting us for a while now. He has guested on the show a handful of times. He has given many an input into our weekly quiz this week. Tectic is hosting the weekly quiz. He's very excited about it for reasons that I'm not yet aware of. So thanks to Ben for that. So Ben supports us on Patreon, as I've said. Uh, and on Patreon, we have three levels of support. Uh, we have the night level, which Ben is a knight. And if I may say so, a very gallant knight and a brave knight. 
And as a result, he gets access to the monthly secret segment and vlog. He gets input into our game segment and he gets the occasional guest spot and the producer shout out that he's getting right now. Uh, but there's also a Squire level of support, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog. And then there's, of course, the lowly page, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment. So if you like listening to the podcast, if you've listened more than once or even just once, and you are interested in giving back, uh, we would love any support we can get. So you can head over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast for more of the details. Thanks again to Ben. We will be right back to talk about Nick Fury. Hey there, everybody. Seth Heasley here from the Hugo's There podcast. Every month on the podcast, I have on a guest, and we discuss their choice of the winners of the Hugo Award for Best Novel. So if you're interested in nerdy books and nerds discussing books, head over to hugospodcast.com or search for Hugo's There anywhere you get your podcasts. Thank you so much. All right, we are back to talk about our favorite one-eyed superhero wrangler, Nick Fury. I don't are think there, there are a any lot of other. Those? Yeah, there's there I don't think there are any other of those people. Nick Fury is getting a Disney Plus series. It's in development with of course with Samuel L. Jackson attached to Star. There's really no Nick Fury without Samuel L. Jackson at this point. Kyle Bradstreet, who uh, apparently is famous for Mr. Robot, is serving as writer and executive producer. So this is kind of a no-brainer right and I, like this is the kind of news that i see that i'm like yeah like I, how was i not expecting this you know nick fury nick fury's development and his presence as a character in the movies i think lends itself maybe even better to a more episodic experience than what you tend to get with him in the movies i mean in, the, in these movies he's typically behind the scenes sometimes playing bigger roles sometimes playing smaller roles but he knows everyone. He always has a lot to do, that's for sure. So it's not hard to imagine a show being being built around him, and especially based on when we last saw him, which was in the after credit scene for Far From Home, which is, I guess, the last Marvel movie we've seen, which is crazy to think about. But we see him thinking about starting... It, it, the teaser suggests, basically, that S.W.O.R.D. is coming, which Tactic may know more about S.W.O.R.D. than I do. In fact, he almost certainly does. But similar to S.H.I.E.L.D., it is an acronym. Sentient World Observation and Response Department. The sister agency to S.H.I.E.L.D., which I guess works with the scrolls. Going to be a lot of meat there in MCU, whatever the next phase is. I guess, is it phase five? I don't really know. Phase four. So yeah, I mean, this th- this makes a lot of sense. I imagine there's going to be a lot of crossover between these shows and the other shows that have already been announced. You know, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Scarlet Witch, uh, WandaVision, I should say. And uh, the, the Hawkeye show, you know, stuff like that. She-Hulk, we also just heard that, Ta- is it Tatiana Maslany was announced for She-Hulk? Yeah. So, so Tacta, give us, yeah, give, give us some color on, on Nick Fury. What, as a comic expert, what you expect to see, what you're hoping to see, or both, uh, in this show. So we got to see a lot of Nick Fury and, and kind of what he's capable of, a bigger star-studded role in the Captain Marvel movie. And that said, what I really want to see is there was a huge time gap between Captain Marvel and the first Avenger. And by that, I mean like when the Iron Man movie started. And so I want to see this initially take place in that time frame and then segue into the the future where they're working with the scrolls because if they're working with the scrolls they have to circle back to that initial development of that relationship that occurred in captain marvel so i'm very excited about this it's it's really good to see what nick fury is capable of because his tactical abilities are always just kind of glossed over and yeah he can fight but like to what level and and how good is he and then and he's really this strategic tactician that we want to see in all of his glory. And so 
heck yeah, Disney Plus, go for it. So, so we we've seen him fight once. But I, I mean, I, I'm I'm trying to think about this in my favorite Marvel movie, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. It's really the only time we see him in a conflict scenario, at least as far as I can remember. Correct me if I'm wrong. Captain Marvel too. I, there was at least like a gunfight at one point that he was involved. He in. okay, that's a good point. Yeah, he fights the guy too. He fights. He fights the can't think of the guy's name. He fights him in that in that big records room. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a good point. But I mean, Winter Soldier. He's like he's got that machine gun built into his car and everything. It's a great scene. It's an amazing scene. I'm super on board with 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 this idea. You know, I I think Nick Fury taps into. Uh, and you might have, you might have said this tactic, but I think he taps into for me when I was a kid. This is maybe a bit of an overshare, but I had spy equipment. You know, when you were a kid, they'd sell like those like spy kit things where you had this little listening device and like Dude, you could that put a was motion big detector. Back in the day, like I oh, remember man. I had like a tripwire because spy yeah. kids. So our generation yeah. of kids grew up on spy kids, and for whatever reason, that was like huge. Everyone Absolutely. wanted to be a spy. Yeah, I ate it up. And like there is b- both in terms of what he looks like and just like just kind of the, just the way he carries himself, there is an espionage component to Nick Fury as a character. And tapping into that and uh, and honestly Winter Soldier did that in a lot of ways as a movie too, tapping into like espionage and kind of older school stuff. So if they can recapture that in the form of a Nick Fury series, super on board with that. Yeah. And especially I think we were just talking about either last week or the week before how disney plus kind of has a content issue right now where they don't have a lot of originals coming out and so between new seasons of shows that we like like the mandalorian and now we're waiting on wandavision there's not a whole lot to keep you tuning back in like every now and then there will be a movie release but really nothing big to keep you coming back every single week and so adding something like this i i mean i agree with you guys i think this is a great idea i think nick fury is the potential to be a really funny character a fun character a lot of action they literally have an open palette to explore a ton of different show elements with nick fury and so this is just another notch that disney can add to disney plus and i feel like that's what they need they need to start bolstering that service because right now i don't like besides the mandalorian and eventually wandavision there was not a whole lot to keep me coming back. And can I just say, I'd really like to see a suave Nick Fury. Like, he's got some charm there that we've seen in the MCU, but we really haven't seen suave. So do you think they're going to use that face de-aging technology that they used on him for Captain yes. Marvel? Yes. And it's, it's expensive, but there's, I, I think as Tactic was saying, there is so much unfarmed Nick Fury content from... I mean, how big of gaps there were between the first Avenger and Captain Marvel. And then after Captain Marvel, you know, up to Avengers, I guess, is when he first showed up. Like, it's, there's so much there that we don't even know what he was doing. We know he was up to something, but we don't know what it was. And they're going to need the de-aging because he's, guys, he's 71. Like, is that's he really? insane to me. He's seven, I googled it while you, while you were talking. He's 71 years old. I mean, he looks really ca- good for 71. Holy crap. To be cast as a leading man in a show or a movie at age 71 that's hard y'all i mean i like he looks great great actor you know of course he's got such a huge body of work at this point in major franchises and non-franchises alike they couldn't have anyone better for 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 the job that he's been he's been put into but 71 years old crazy but i just i i think you know i think something cool to see again going back to how much we don't know about him how cool like what how cool was it in captain marvel when you find out how he lost his eye 
like it, it yeah the whole thing is kind of like a gag but like it's still a cool thing about you know you're putting the pieces together and it's fun to see the origin story because like i i feel like for marvel comics more so than dc i never really get into reading them at all like most of my marvel exposure has been through the mcu and we don't really get that much background on nick fury so it is cool because he's been a mainstay through the entire mcu series of movies Mm -hmm. and so it is cool to finally get to dig a little bit deeper and see a little bit more about this guy I mean, I'm going to come clean with you guys. A lot of my comics experience is religiously studying backstories. That's where it's most exciting. That's why I like the Red Hood, because I watch the inception of his story so many times. It's just, that's where the interest is. And if Disney can continue to focus on backstory type content and solo content, I think they're just going to continue to thrive. Origin stories are an interesting thing, because I think... I think people tend to want origin stories, but in circumstances, certain circumstances, they don't, right? Like, you know, when Spider-Man Homecoming came out, people were like, thank God you skipped the origin story. We've already seen it a hundred times. And, but like, but there Batman you go, begins. Though. That's because we've already seen it. Like, these are characters, Batman and Spider-Man, that in the last decade or two, we have been so tapped out. Like, I don't well, need to I, see that again. But I was about to say that I think Bat- the origin story in Batman Begins is really good. So, so, so like maybe batman's we haven't seen as many times but like i love that and i'm glad that they didn't do an origin story for spider-man and then and of course you have other origin stories too like that kind of put a twist on an origin story like smallville is like as far as i know that was a successful show i didn't watch it but like it takes the idea of an origin story and it's like okay but now it's kind of like it's a teen show that we'll put on the cw and like you know how many shows have we seen like that in the past however many years you know given that origin stories are such an important part to to comic book characters, I think most of the time they're still needed, but creators are having to figure out interesting ways to, you know, maybe shift timelines forward. And then that gives them the option to go back later. If people are clamoring for an origin story. And I think we may have that situation here and granted he's not a conventional superhero, Nick Fury, but he feeds into so many other characters that learning more about him and, and maybe, you know, existing in that universe as a non-superhero but as someone who is a government agent you know there's probably a lot to work with there and then granted it's been worked with already but working with it more and working with it with that character and with samuel l jackson there's there's something there i would have to imagine so again no no clear-cut release details on this obviously in the line in in the time of covid not a whole lot in the in the way of details other than what we've already said, but we'll be on the lookout for that. So Disney Plus just became more interesting, I guess, by continuing to promise stuff that we don't have yet. They're asking you to stick it out, I guess. So that brings us to what are you up to Wednesday? And this is where we find out what we've all been up to. Pretty pretty straightforward stuff. What was my um, jingle? What are you up to Wednesday? Yeah. I think the joy of the jingle is that it's going to change every week. I'm guessing that was different than what you did last week. And I it think probably was. I had no idea what I did last week. That was a B flat last week. You were a you were a solid G. I think because of how great that jingle was, I'm thinking you should go first. Okay, I'll do it. So I am extremely late to the party, and I tweeted about this this weekend. But we watched the Peanut Butter Falcon, and great movie. 
so good. Fantastic. Yeah, it was yeah. one of those movies, and I don't know why I put off watching it for as long as I did. I guess I thought that, like, I don't know. I still have, like, Shia LaBeouf syndrome, where I'm like, okay, he is very into method acting. He does yeah. like, weird movies. And so I I know I'd heard a lot of good things, but I was like, for the longest time, and especially, like, the last six months, I like something that's more, like, feel-goody, and I don't like getting really nitty-gritty, cinematic dark introspective pieces and that's kind of what i thought it would be and it was not and it was amazing it's very feel good yeah it was a super feel good movie i loved pretty much everything about it i probably had a smile on my face through the majority of that movie and it just the the chemistry between the actors was great and it just, I, I don't know what else to say besides the fact that it was a very feel-good movie. I feel like it was a buddy comedy, but the fact that they traveled on foot, it kind of felt like an old school movie, but new school at the same time. It It's just overall yeah. very, it, it, very good. It has a Tom Sawyer thing to it, right? And, and right. I think that's for, for certain intentional, but very, very feel-good, very, it's it's a movie that I don't know about you guys. I don't. I don't want to say I watched it on a whim, but like you, you didn't hear about it, right? It's the definition of an indie movie that it had some really famous people in it, you know, in this in the way of Shia and Dakota Johnson. But like, I'd heard I heard about did, it. I heard about it because it got a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. But like, you know what else got a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes? Like another indie movie. I can't name of one right now, but I'm sure there's another indie movie that got a hundred percent that I watched, and I was like, this is dumb. So like, I think there's a. I think often to the layman viewer like myself. There's a knife's edge there of like, this movie got 100% Rotten Tomatoes, but like a recent example for me was I'm Thinking of Ending Things, which got like a really, really high score on Rotten Tomatoes from the critics, but the audience score is like a 40 something because it's just not accessible. And this movie, Peanut Butter Falcon, is the opposite of that, where critics loved it, audiences loved it. It should have gotten more traction than I think it ultimately did, even if it did get some, but yeah, so- sorry. If you have not watched Peanut Butter Falcon, we watched it. It was on Prime. It might be on Hulu, too. Usually Prime and Hulu have some overlap. But it was on Prime. You can watch it for free if you have Prime. 10 out of 10 recommend. It was just, it was great. Good stuff. Tactic, what do you got for us? So the one thing that I want to touch on is it was a a very movie-driven weekend. And the other movie we watched was a movie called like father it has the actor from seinfeld i'm, I'm drawing a blank seinfeld no kelsey Grammer. frazier it has the actor frazier. from frazier <laughs> and, it, and it had uh Kristen bell and it's this movie about they have to rebuild their relationship because he left when she was young and they get into stuck on shenanigans together i'm not gonna give it away and it's just kind of this heartwarming film it's I will not I will say that it was not as good as Peanut Butter Falcon, but it was it had its funny moments, it had its lighthearted moments, and it was all in all just a feel good weekend. Yeah, like essentially she basically in the first like five minutes of the show and it's in the trailer, so nothing's spoiled here. But Kristen Bell gets left at the altar because she's too absorbed in her work. And then her father shows up to like reconnect at the wedding and then they get super hammered and she takes him on her honeymoon. So they're basically stuck on a cruise ship for two weeks or whatever. Love the premise. It was so again, it wasn't as good as Peanut Butter Falcon, but it was a Netflix original. And this is the key here going in with low expectations to yeah, a Netflix original. And it was a passable, entertaining movie. Like, there were a lot of funny moments, and I thought they had good chemistry. Like, the father daughter bond was, you know, feel good and everything like that. So I liked it. I mean, Seth Rogen was in it, so that was a surprise. Oh, I like him. 
Yeah, I mean, it was it was a decently funny movie for a Netflix original. It, I wasn't expecting to be wowed by it, but I walked away feeling good about it afterward. Tactic, I don't best? know if you can feel the same way about that. Yeah, you pretty much took over and uh, I concur with everything you said. <laughs> Sorry, what? you didn't describe it well. I wanted to do it justice. I did not want to spoil. Well, I'll ask you a different follow-up question. Uh, tactic and i guess for both of you what's the best movie you've seen this year obviously we're living in the time of covid when we haven't seen you know i would have seen tenant in theaters if 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 you know we still existed as normal human beings but of course we don't what's the best movie you've seen not to put you on the spot but oh no it's fine so i have the memory of a goldfish and so i'm gonna recite the movies that i watched this weekend as the only movies that i watched this entire year and i'd have to say peanut butter falcon Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's Peanut Butter Falcon's a perfectly good answer. For me, it's Palm Springs, I think, would be my answer. I am trying to think back because there's also like, there were movies that I saw in a movie theater this year and I don't remember what those movies were. Oh. Yeah. I'm like, sure I saw one in a theater too, but I can't remember it. I oh, wanted, 19, I know 1917. 1917 was good. And yeah, you probably saw Sonic in theaters. Jojo Rabbit, we saw this year and I actually really liked that too. I've heard it's really good. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, actually, 1917 was pretty good. Shoot, that might I might have to change my answer. Anyways, movies, man, they're great. Uh, I don't. You guys should have stuck up, stuck out with the uh, scapegoat that I took. A peanut butter falcon. I mean, peanut butter falcon was great. I will say, really good. I think peanut butter falcon was probably one of the best movies that I've watched this year. But there have just been so many movies that I honestly can't keep track in my head what I've watched because this year is like a blur. Right, And, and and since I, I used to blog about movies weekly and i haven't done that for i guess going on six months now something like that um it was that was a useful way for me to go back and be like what have i watched this year and i'm not going to have that this year which is kind of sad but i might get back into that soon we'll see i'm not going to give a movie update i'm going to give a show update slash recommendation so uh, my girlfriend and i have been into we, we, we revisited chop champions and like uh, we watched this show right before we came in i came in to record here called chef's table barbecue on netflix we're in we're on like a food show kick and not even just competition shows Chef, chef's table is just about people who make really good barbecue and how their lives work and everything which is fascinating stuff but the show i specifically want to shout out is a competition show and it's called the american barbecue showdown and in particular if you, obviously if you're a vegetarian it might not do much for you but man good stuff i mean it's it's, it's a cooking competition show you, you pretty much know the trappings in that respect but some of the food they were making really really incredible looking so what was uh, the best dish that you've seen? Well, we binged the whole show. It's already done. That's a really good question. They they had one episode where they made uh, sandwiches. And this one lady made this brisket sandwich that like, I think it was Latin America themed. I don't remember. But it, it had like three different kinds of meat on it. Some kind of special like hot sauce that she made herself. And it just, oh my gosh, incredible stuff. There were also some really good looking ribs though barbecue is really good that's i guess what i mainly wanted to say but i'm also still reading lord of the rings i've moved from book one to book two so that was reading accomplishments of the past week i've loved the lord of the rings books still i'm always going to love them not much to report that's kind of old news i mean you've probably seen the movies or read the books or both at this point and then i'm still playing everspace which is going to be going to be a long haul it's a game that's designed for you to play through it many times before you attain the skills required to actually beat it so having a ball with it going to keep going and uh, that's the extent of my updates. So we've made it to the quiz. And I, I should give a drum roll. Yeah, I'm doing another theme song for this. I famously finally won 
I gave a quiz last week. I'm now back in the hot seat. Don't want to enter my losing ways again. So Technic, give us a good one. What do you, what's the topic today? The topic for today is Las Vegas. And let me tell you, I love how generic it is because Vegas is, is more than just gambling. There's, there's many different activities. There's a lot of other things that it, it is known for. And as such, gave me a lot of diversity in the amount of different quiz type questions that I was able to have. So before you jump in, I want to ask both of you, because I, I never have, have either of you been to Las Vegas? And I know we talked about this a little bit before, but for the, uh, for the listeners out there in the world. No, I have never been, nor do I ever plan on going to Las Vegas, but I might go to Las Vegas at some point. I plan I on going. I don't hear the difference between the two pronunciations. I'll be honest. Oh, I, def- I definitely do. Uh, you did you did take an interesting approach there. I, I think I think Las Vegas is it's to, it's it's kind of it's not very it's not really complimenting myself to say, but like I think the something about the vibe of Las Vegas, I think I would do very well there. Not that I would like gamble and win a bunch of money more, just that I like the idea that it's it's this it's this town that's like centered around show business, right? And I think that's kind of cool and it's centered around, you know, dressing up in a in your you know dress to the nines get your best duds and go down and throw some dice on some green felt i just think it's i don't know i like the vibe of it but i will say i don't love everything i've heard about it is that the heat is extreme and that i don't know you can't really put on your best duds if your duds are like a sport coat when it's 123 degrees outside so something to monitor i guess from what i've gathered though you don't spend a lot of time outside for the most part I hope not. I mean, if it's that hot, but yeah, hope to go at some point. Sounds like none of us have gone. So this quiz should be interesting in that we're not really Las Vegas experts. All right. So that's what I'm kind of hoping on. So with my first question, how many major league teams are located in Las Vegas? Oh, well this, I can just count this. uh, Yeah, this is easy. I feel like. I mean, you can go first, Nerd Bomber, because I I know you know, and you know that I know, and I'll give you a sporting chance. Ladies first. it's, It's only chivalrous. I don't think there's a basketball team, so I think it's two. Yeah, it's two. I'm just kind. I'm just gonna say the same answer as her. We both know it. Can we both get the point? Um, neither of you can get the point. I mean, well, you didn't bust, but you didn't get it correct. What? <laughs> there's the Las Vegas Raiders and the Las Vegas Golden Knights and the Las Vegas Aces, the WNBA team. Oh, I didn't think oh, about that. Geez. So there's three, but we'll we'll call it a tie. Got it. Technicality. Did. I mean, if you, you really should have did plus one, the standard price is right rules, but you had to go and be a no-doll. That's true. I did have to do that. Okay, so we either both have zero or we both have one. Doesn't really matter. Uh, let's press on. But this is important. You learned something. So look at that. I did learn something. Thank you for that. You in got to put the trick question early. I respect it. In 2001, a 25-year-old software engineer waged $100 on a slot machine to earn the largest payout ever. How much did he win? In 2001, this was? Correct. $100. The largest payout in Vegas or a largest, the largest payout for slots? In Vegas. This is $73.2 million. I feel like it's a lot, but I don't know if it's that much. I think it, I'm going to go safe and go $1 million. I, I know. I think it's if anything, it's that, more. But... I think if anything, I went too low. So Nerd Bomber gets it. Oh, come on. For a one-time payment of $100, he earned... Thirty nine million seven hundred and ten thousand eight hundred and twenty six dollars and thirty six cents. Could you imagine what our podcast would be like if we had that much dough, man? 
one of you we guys have- has to go to Vegas. I'm not good at gambling, so like it can't be me. But one of you <laughs> has to I mean, go. You can't be, I mean, you can't be good at slots, but I, <laughs> I get your point. Uh, I mean. I'm honestly disappointed in Vegas. I thought it would be a lot more than that, but obviously it's life-changing money. If we had that kind of money for the podcast, we'd be having on, I don't know, Leo DiCaprio. I just kind of picked a famous name out of a hat, but we'd, we'd figure it out. Okay, so I'm down. That's, it's, I'm, I feel right at home. Okay, so on to the next one. Tommy Glenn Carmichael stole millions of dollars from, from casinos by developing ways to rig slot machines. Using a camera battery and a small light bulb, he invented a light wand that could blind a slot machine sensor and trick the machine into spitting out coins. What year was he eventually caught and arrested by the FBI? Whoa, Nelly. Uh, I don't... Uh, Nerd Bombers first, this one, I think. Yeah. I feel like we would remember hearing about something like this if it happened recently, recently. So I'm going to say that it's probably like 1993 or something like that. Oh, it's earlier than that. Th- th- this guy was using lo-fi. I mean, a camera battery and a light bulb. Not even an LED. I mean, this was this was in the this was in the seventies, is what I actually think. But I'm gonna backshift and go for 1950 just to be safe. So this trick was actually his more advanced trick. He used more simple methods on earlier models because they eventually upgraded them. So it actually happened in 2001. What really? The? All right. Well, I'm blowing it. Again, it feels, feels right at home. I only have one point ahead of you, though, so keep your chin no, up, man. You, you're, up, you're up by two. It's, it's, it's two to nothing. Oh, that's uh, right. The first one was both of us tying. Interesting. How, much, uh, how many questions do you have left? Do I know how well I have to do? We're, we're, we're going five questions, and then I have a bonus one just in case. Okay, so I have to get these next two right, is what you're saying. Yes. Okay, cool. Bring it on. I've never been more ready. I'm very excited about this one. The quintessential Vegas wedding, including Elvis as the officiant, has become a well-known stereotype. This stereotype has a very consisting starting or base package cost. How much is it? I love this question. You're right. This is a great question. It's $49.99. I feel like it's got to be more than that. I feel like it's going to be $200. So Nerd Bomber gets it again. The starting <laughs> package for most Elvis officiant weddings is $300. I mean, again, Vegas, do better. Give higher payouts and give cheaper Elvis weddings. That's all we're asking for. <laughs> and that's let all, me tell you. That's all people you, are going there for. The so. most cringeworthy websites I have ever seen. I thought they had, I thought Vegas was the home of like the dollar wedding. Apparently not. I did my research, um, folks. Home of the dollar wedding. I wonder where is the home of the dollar wedding? Someone somewhere, if like if you were smart, although, no, okay, so here's my business model. And I know this is kind of derailing a bit, but go, I've got go an ahead. idea and I just want to do it. So you, you market it as the home of the $1 wedding. So the wedding itself, dollar. That's your ceremony is a dollar. Where you get them mm-hmm. is the reception. You, you put Where out you like a, a very cheap buffet and you upcharge. So dollar wedding, sure. And if they want food, that's where you make your money. You know, soda pop? Make a ton of money on soda pop. Soda pop. <laughs> All right. So this is a I weird sidebar. Pop. I'm just going to take back control here. Sorry. Uh, so, I, so, I've, so I've lost. Uh, Nerd Bomber's going for the victory lap here. Victory lap away. What, let's hear it. Astronauts on the International Space Station observe and photograph numerous metropolitan areas. And the Vegas Strip is rep- reputed... 
is known <laughs> yeah. to on. be the brightest spot on earth due to the concentration of lights on its hotels and casinos. Mm-hmm. A- approximately how many megawatts of electricity are used in this area? Boy, I might as well throw a, throw a dart at a dartboard for this one. Am I first? It doesn't matter. I'll go first. I have literally... I, a thousand. I have no idea. Well, a thousand megawatts, I guess, would be a gigawatt. Gigawatt is what I meant to say. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was I'm like gonna, gigawatt. I'm going to say... I'm going to say uh, 365, one megawatt for every day of the year. I literally don't know, so I'm going to say 10,000, because that seems I don't like understand, a nice number. I don't understand electricity, so this is... You, you've lost me completely, but yeah, what's so, it? Nerd Bomber busted. Um... For for comparison, the average home uses less than one megawatt. It uses seven thousand seven hundred and fifty three oh. megawatts. So you were really close. You just busted. Uh, well, I'll take the uh, take the pity point. And, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna bomber. go one more for funsies, though. Okay, go one more. I did more the for research. Funsies. I had fun doing it. When was Vegas established officially? Uh, like the Vegas Strip. Okay. Okay, that was an interesting clarification. Nerd Bomber, you go first. I went first last time. Yeah, man, I don't know. I feel like it's been around a while. I'm going to say 1901, but that seems too late still. Yeah, this is, I'm going to say 1850 because this was in the Wild West days. It would have had to have been established. Yeah, so you're definitely no chance in winning. She nearly nail on the head. 1905. Look at okay. me go. Was when it was founded. There, there, listen. I, I'm ready to say it now. There's collusion happening. If, for those that don't know, these two are sitting in the same room. I'm sitting in a totally different room. <laughs> I think there's a reason that I lose so consistently. And I'm going to... I'm calling in... The collusion the police. That, the people that need to know to, to, <laughs> to get to the bottom of this. If it was like uh, you had to buzz in at the same time, I could... You'll be hearing... Free, hey, but you you'll be hearing first. So you have... You'll be, you'll be hearing from, from my lawyers. I don't have a lawyer. I'm not old enough for that. But you get the point. I've lost again. The struggle continues, but we've had a great time here with you all, the listeners, chatting about all things and sundry. And uh, I know Tectic had a really good time putting that quiz together. He's so excited. The the joy in his voice, talking about it before the we aired the episode, uh, he was excited. So thanks again to all of you for listening. If you're so inclined, you can head over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. We, we would love to see that. We'd love to interact with all of you on Twitter. Our handles were already mentioned. Uh, in the main body of the episode so yeah other than that we'll see you in the month of october we'll be we'll be here to discuss spooky season get hyped